Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, and welcome to another edition of Movement Radio. I am Chip Hazard. And I am Talon Williams. And we have a good top 10 for you guys this evening. Um, we got a lot of cool feedback from our controversial documentaries that we did, the two episodes that we've done about controversial documentaries. You guys seem to have loved them. Now, tonight we're not doing anything controversial per se, but we are going to be discussing 10 of the creepiest uh, mystery documentaries of all time. Now, for this list, we'll be looking at documentaries that examine unsettling and unsolved enigmas that send shivers down your spine. We will only be looking at films for this list, so docu-series like Making a Murder won't be included. And um, we're going to just kick this off the right way. Chip, kick us off tonight with the very first one. Oh, tonight we are going to start with The Killing of Jimmy Hoffa. So, uh, years before Martin Scorsese made the movie The Irishman, a film that dramatized the final days of Jimmy Hoffa. This documentary explored the union leader's mysterious disappearance. Killing Jimmy Hoffa delves into the many questions surrounding the still officially unsolved case. It also provides an insight into the character of the man himself through a number of different interviews. While some people praise Hoffa, others demonize him. The documentary ties everything together by presenting a number of conspiracies that draw on both his connections to the mafia as well as his dispute with the Kennedy family. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen the movie, uh, the the documentary Killing Jimmy Hoffa? Uh, I, I have not. Uh, I have a list of documentaries that I am trying to get to, uh, and this is on that list, but I have not seen this particular film. Right. Um, I mean, I think we, now we've talked about Jimmy Hoffa, uh, one time, uh, it was on the, uh, sports conspiracy theory episode where they talked about if, uh, Jimmy Hoffa was buried under giant stadium. Remember that theory? <laughs> yes. Yeah. The pretty interesting one. Um, excuse me. Now he was an associate. Um, if I'm just going through looking at his, uh, his, uh, Wikipedia article is that he was an associate of the Gambino crime. I'm sorry. The, uh, is it the the Gambino crime family or was it the Colombo crime? Let me go back here and look. It was the Colombo crime family. Um, you know, and he had, you know, all different types of charges and, um, you know, he even uh, had an autobiography entitled Off of the Real Story, um, which was published three, a few months after his disappearance. Um, you know, and they had another one called The Trials of Jimmy Hoffa that just took place back in 1970. Um, yeah, uh, very much, you know, it, it, this was one of those documentaries that they've said was very, very maybe controversial in the sense because it was like you were glorifying you know a criminal in a sense you know what i mean right um but it says while some people praise hoffa others demonized him and then the documentary ties everything together from the conspiracies of um you know his connections with the mafia and then also uh, w- uh despite it would 
this dispute with the Kennedy family into where um, I believe it was the thing where he had gone to he like stood in front of uh, 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 JFK and I think they did something something about the union something about a union you know uh, I can't right. remember off the top of my head exactly what the uh, the uh, the dispute was to be off the top to be to be honest because. I've never watched this documentary like what you said, and I'm actually looking forward to watching this one because if I'm not mistaken, this documentary is on, uh, I want to say it's on either, it's, it's on it's, either it's actually, or HBO Max, right? No, it's on Prime, it's on Prime Video. That's probably why I can't watch it. <laughs> I yeah, don't have Prime uh, Video, so. I, I, I was yeah. waiting on you to, to stop, and I was going to say anybody who wanted to uh watch this and has uh prime video it's free to watch on there right now it's about an hour and 20 minutes um and everything so right and definitely go check it out if you uh uh if you're a fan of which have you have you seen the irishman the martin scorsese film uh the irishman yes yes i have uh um, yeah, I, I really good. liked it yeah, I mean anything Martin Scorsese does is amazing, um, right? You know, but uh, let's move on from that one to the very next one on the list. The next one we're going to talk about is the life and death of Marsha P. Johnson. Now, Marsha P. Johnson was a hero to the LGBTQ plus community and to causes. Uh, when her body was found floating in the Hudson River in 1992, plenty of suspicions were were uh, risen. The autopsy revealed. Uh, results suggested that she took her own life however many of johnson's friends and loved ones were incredibly skeptical of this ruling and believed it to be foul play academy award nominated director david france decided to tackle this uh mystery by following activist victoria cruz's attempts to sleuth out the truth she relentlessly went after any new details about the case that she could find no matter what kind of opposition she faced, Cruz kept moving forward. Um, and I'm gonna look this pers- person up because I uh, I don't know who. See Martha P. Okay, I don't even know if they have. I don't even know. Not, if she not Martha, Marsha. Marsha. Well, that's probably the reason why. Yeah. Marsha. There we go. Marsha. 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 Uh, and and for anybody who uh wa- wants to watch this. Uh, you can actually watch it on Netflix. It's uh, it is a Netflix the Netflix film, uh, so it's on there um, about an hour and forty five minutes. So, uh, right. and it was actually um, an Oscar nominated film. Right, um, Marsha P. Johnson, who was born and also known as Malcolm Michaels Jr., uh, was an American gay liberation activist and self-identified drag queen, known as an outspoken activist for gay rights. Um, it says, if I can go scroll through that, it says shortly after the 1992 Gay Pride Parade, uh, Johnson's body was discovered floating in the Hudson River. Police initially ruled the death a suicide, but Johnson's friends and other family members of the local community insisted uh, that Johnson was not suicidal and noted that the back of Johnson's head had a massive wound. Johnson's suspicious death occurred during, during at a time when anti-LGBT violence was at the peak at its peak in New York City, uh, including biased crimes by the police. Uh, Johnson was 
one of the activists who had been drawing attention um <clears throat> excuse me by drawing attention to this epidemic of violence against the community participating in marches and other um activisms to demand justice for victims and an equality uh into how to stop the violence johnson had been speaking out against the quote-unquote dirty cops and elements of organized crime that many believe responsible for some of these assaults and murders and had even voiced the concern that some of some some of what randy wicker was stirring up and pulling and pulling johnson into could be could get you murdered this added the suspicion to foul play and possible murder johnson's body was cremated and then following uh the funeral at a local church a march down 7th street uh and that 7th street in uh uh the west side borough of manhattan in new york city friends released johnson's ashes over the hudson river off of uh christopher street pier police allowed 7th street to be closed off while johnson's ashes were being carried to the river after the funeral service a series of demonstrations and marches to the police precincts took place to demand justice for johnson um how are you feeling so far about this particular documentary uh, i think it i think it could be good um i you know i i haven't seen it and i didn't know who uh marsha p johnson was um but you know well i didn't know who that was until just now uh but it it does seem like it would be pretty interesting and uh i may add it to my list and uh see you know if it's any good or not right i mean definitely it does bring up a very um a very touchy subject um especially when it comes to you know lgbtq lgbtq plus uh causes um you know even in the year 2022 there are still people who are very much homophobic transphobic you know feel like these people there's some, i mean some that say oh these people don't even deserve to live you know what i mean and it, it's sad and it's you know regardless of whether you agree or you disagree with their lifestyle you know at the end of the day they're still human beings and you don't it is not your responsibility to force your will on them just because you disagree with what they you know believe in or whatever you know um right. and it's a sad and it's and it's sad you know and and you know there there's people still to this day who are still coping with it even after i mean i know people who even after coming out they still are very much hesitant to you know say certain things or be around certain people because they're afraid of the backlash of feeling like you know there's people who could possibly still want to hurt them and it's and it's unfortunate right but anyway yeah i i don't know why people go after other people for their lifestyle choices um, right i mean if it ain't hurting you why should it matter exactly exactly it's it's stupid and ignorant if you ask me right that being but said nobody but, asked me so <laughs> well i'll ask you that being said let's move on to the very next one on the list you got it Yep. Next up, we're going to talk about the documentary There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane. Um, so, was Diane Schuler a perfect suburban mother or a reckless addict? 
This documentary follows her family's attempt to answer that question. Throughout the film, they try to uncover the truth behind why she drove the wrong way down the highway until she had a fatal car crash. Uh, was the tragedy that led to her passing and the loss of several other lives a result of addiction, negligent behavior, or was it something more mysterious? Diane's husband and sister-in-law set out to uncover more information about what led up to the fatal crash by hiring a private investigator, but one question remains throughout. Are they onto something or just desperate to explain the motive behind their sister's tragic actions? Uh, now, this um, is on HBO Max. You can watch it right now, but an hour and 40 minutes. Um, I, I haven't seen this. Uh, but I do remember actually hearing about it um, when it was on the news back in like 20, I think it was 2009, 2010, somewhere around there. Um, right. But yeah, you know, it, this, it actually happened in New York um, and the lady uh, crashed head on into uh, an SUV. Uh, she killed herself and seven other people. And, um, you know, in the aftermath, she was portrayed as a reckless drunk and a mother who cracked. Um, but I don't know that this has ever actually been um, solved. Yeah, I don't think it has. Um, and it, it's strange because, like, I mean, even what it says, it says when they, when they did the interviews for the documentary, they interviewed the husband, um, the sister-in-law. And they were convinced that the toxicology report uh, showed, because the toxicology report showed her having a high level amount of alcohol and THC intoxication in her system. However, they believe in all their hearts that it was inaccurate and that she didn't knowingly consume any intoxicants. Um, and a lot of it, you know, cause I mean, yeah, it was, you're right, Chip. It was 2009. It was actually, it was on July 26, 2009. It took place at the Taconic, I want to say that's how it's pronounced, Taconic State Park, uh, State Parkway. Um, eight people were dead. Three people were injured. Um, it was, yeah. And there's the, there was a whole lot of, it actually, it helped to, uh, it helped pass something called the Child Passenger Protection Act. Um, in August of 2009, the New York governor, David Patterson, proposed the Child Passenger Protection Act, which would make it a felony to drive while intoxicated if a passenger in the car is under the age of 16 years old. The proposal became known as the Le uh, Leandra's Law following the October 2009 death of 11-year-old Laranja uh, uh, Rosado, a passenger in the vehicle whose driver was drunk. The Child Passenger Protection Act was signed into New York law on November 18th of, of 2009. So, so yeah, I mean, just uh, it, it, it's, it's scary, it's, it's tragic, you know, um, and the fact that, you know, it, it, it's, it's so crazy to me, like, I mean, because if you have kids and your kids are with you, 
why would you ever put them in a situation where they could be harmed? You know what I mean? Like, I would never put my kids in a situation where they would get hurt. You know what I mean? And right. there are some people who say, and there are some people who say, oh, well, you know, well, she didn't know what she was doing. Or, you know, they'll try to make excuses. You know what I'm saying? And again, not going to say that this woman didn't have problems. I mean, there's a lot of people who have problems. Um, but let's not, you know, now, was it an accident that maybe she got on the, got on the, the freeway at the wrong time or I don't know. I don't know how you get on an off ramp, you know, unless, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. know how you get, you know, that's, this that, that's the one thing that's suspicious about the whole thing. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know, but, you know, you, you pray for the family in this. It's been, I mean, obviously it's been more than 10 years later and I'm sure there's people who are still feeling the, the effects of this tragedy, you know? So, Oh yeah. You know, just gotta pray for, pray for them in that situation. Um, that being said, let's, uh, let's move on to the very next one on the list. The next one is the fear of 13. Now, a good story is made even better by a good storyteller. After watching Fear of 13, we can confidently say that Nick Yaris is one of the best we've seen. The way he delivers the tale is as compelling as someone telling an urban legend around a campfire. Yaris spends the hour and a half of the documentary recounting a story of lost lives, false accusations, and redemption. But unlike a tall tale, Fear of 13 is actually the story of this man's own life. Yaris tells how he spent 22 years in prison after he was accused of a crime he did not commit. While the, all the while, the mystery of who actually committed the crime has yet to be proven. However, it says that the mystery of who committed the acts he was proven innocent for hangs over this grim story uh yeah um i've never actually seen uh, this documentary the fear of 13 but after reading the synopsis of it i definitely want to check it out um basically it's the tale of you know someone who basically you know was incarcerated for you know something he did not do um, how you feeling about this one? Uh, I don't know that I have ever even, I mean, I know what the, the fear of 13 is, uh, but I don't think this is, uh, This isn't uh, uh, about the fear of thirteen. So, so the fear of thirteen is um, you've seen the movie Number Thirteen, right? Right. Yes. Um, so this is clearly not the same thing. Um, right. Well, but it, it it may be something interesting. Right. Um. And, and obviously the synopsis. Of it, like what we said, Nick Yaris uh, tells his life story basically in the style of a one-man show. 
uh, and it's non-linear with, with the structure of it, but he reveals early life, youthful transgressions, the arrest, his time spent on death row with, you know, several twists and turns in the process. Um, but yeah, it was one of those situations. Uh, it was one of those situations where like, I'm trying to like look into it and see like, okay, it says timeout ranked it with four stars out of five with a summary of this death row documentary sets up an intriguing mystery that'll keep you gripping until its final moments. Uh, the times also gave it four stars and praised uh, year storytelling. Uh, the fear of 13 is riveting. That's mainly due to the extraordinary subject matter. Um, my question is why you're like what you said, why is it called the fear of 13? I mean, was it, right. was it, 13 years on death row that he spent was it did he was it 13 victims was it you know like i like that which i guess i'd have to actually watch the documentary to find out exactly what the actual fear of 13 means um and i'm looking through nick yaris's uh, wikipedia page and it says here, it says he's an American writer who spent 22 years on death row. Okay, so he was 22 years on death row. So obviously, you know, that that wasn't what it was. Um, yeah, to me, this is, I don't know. This is, it's so weird because I really don't know, <laughs> don't know where the number 13, Fear of 13 comes from. Maybe, maybe it explains it in the documentary, I guess. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but, you know. That being said, though, let's uh, let's move on to the very next one on the list. You got it? Uh, yeah. Next up, we're going to talk about the uh, documentary Missing Mom. Mm-hmm. Now, filmmaker Rob McCallum invites viewers into his quest to solve the highly personal mystery of what happened to his mother. Uh, 25 years after she disappeared, he and his brother decide to try and find out where she went and why she left Uh, the film addresses the feelings of abandonment that the brothers felt when they were left to be raised by their grandparents the brothers navigate through false leads and sudden turns to piece together what really happened was the reason for her sudden and unexplained departure something sinister or was it just sad family drama uh I'm not going to spoil it here, so you'll have to watch to find out. Right. It's interesting, though, um, because you have so many... Because there are so many people who, um, you know, never... You know, who there, there are people who do, you know, who did get abandoned by their parents. And it's, uh it's sad, you know, that, you know, these kids grow up basically feeling unwanted, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, I, uh, yeah, I thank God every day that, you know, I had a mom that loved me, you know? Right. This shit can go into a whole deeper subject. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, you know, cause you know, it's, I'm again, y'all. If anybody who knows me knows, I'm still, it, I'm still reeling, you know, from you know my mom's passing uh, that happened just back in January of this year. So it's still fresh in my mind and fresh in my heart. 
Um, but you know, I've been taught, you know, I've been told, you know, the best way to, you know, deal with it is just to talk about it, you know, and it, and it does help, but I couldn't imagine not knowing, knowing the fact that I haven't seen my mom in 25 years and, you know, her not, and her just showing up out of nowhere, me trying to look for her and then find out she's alive and I have more questions than answers. You know what I mean? It's right. Uh, scary, you know? Now this documentary, uh, is actually on, uh, prime video. It's included with prime video. So, you know, you can go and watch it if you like. It's about an hour and a half. Uh, and it's, it's fairly new. It, it was, uh, 2018. So, you know, fairly, fairly new. Uh, right. But, yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you know, it's one thing, uh, to lose your mom like you and I did. Uh, it's a completely another thing to lose your mom and not know where they went. You know, uh, if your mom just completely disappeared, you know, was there one day and gone the next. And there's no explanation as to, you know, where she went or, or anything like that. That's completely different kind of, um, hurt and disbelief. Like, you know, uh, and it, you know, especially, you know, after 25 years, you're like, you know, why, why did she leave? What, where did she go? You know, did I do something wrong? There's just all of these, you know, things that run through your head. Like, you know, why, what if? Yeah. And, and I mean, and it, I mean, you know, you know, my father went through that very similar thing. You know, his mother left him when he was, you know, I believe he, he was around maybe six, seven years old, something like that. I mean, I may be getting the number the number wrong. Right. But but his mom didn't contact him until later on in life. Like I was like I was I was still a kid. You know what I mean? Turns out she was living in Sidey Daisy. You know what I mean? And it was like had she he had a good relationship with her to start off with just trying to you know be there you know whatever but and then she left and you know again you know just they went a long time again without speaking to one another um and she passed away i believe 2018 i want to say is when she when she passed away um you know but i mean my dad never acted like it bothered him you know but maybe it did but you know that's that's for his you know that's for him to say, you know, that's his, you know, conscience, you know what I mean? You know, and I don't like to, and I, and I, you know, I'm sure he didn't, he doesn't mind me telling that story. Cause I mean, my, you know, my dad, he ain't got no shame, <laughs> you know, he'll, you know, he'll tell you the story. Um, but you know, to see he, I mean, he, he turned out good, you know, and in turn, you know, it made me turn out good. So, you know, right. there's always that thing. You don't have to necessarily, you know, do the things that your parents did. You can, you know, you can break the chain and, you know, be a better person, be a better human being, you know, don't, don't, don't use that example to, you know, don't use the example of what they did to validate or to determine how you're going to live your life. You know, you have to be the one to break the chain of, you know, whether it's, you know, abandonment, addiction, or, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? So, but yeah, we, we're getting into more deep subject matters. Here. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, man. 
something something i don't y'all got me i'm I'm here in this house all weekend by myself all, all week by myself with my with my uh my wife and kids are down south visiting her family for a week and i'm like man is, is, is there is there something in this house making me get these emotions i don't know what's going on yeah I'm, i may sage the house while they gone i don't know um but the next one on the list that we're going to talk about is a film called out of thin air this was in this is from 2017 and the thing that makes this this crime featured in this documentary so creepy isn't just the fact that two men disappeared. What really makes this case unsettling is how and why the police manipulated six people into believing that they committed a crime in the first place. Icelandic police were pressured to solve a case of I'm not even going to attempt to <laughs> um, Gumandru Gumandru? Uh, Gudmundru? Uh, yeah, we'll go with that. I know. Uh, yeah. And Jirfin. Jirfiner? I'm, I'm just going to say Mun and Finn. That's, a, that's the easiest way for me to do this. That works. Uh, yeah. Who, Mun and Finn, who both vanished in 1974. Out of Thin air chronicles how the police pulled this out of desperate of de- of this. I'm sorry, let me start over with that sentence. <laughs> yeah, you got all kinds of be fumbled, all kinds of twisted. Uh, after many poor performances, anyway, uh, out of thin air chronicles how the police pulled this off despite the, a lack of physical evidence. The officers used barbaric methods to to get six people to confess to the disappearances. This documentary ultimately examines how corrupt authorities can abuse power and create whatever narrative they want while making us doubt what we believe to be true. Who? That's a concept, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, in the crazy world we live in nowadays, I mean, that's that's kind of what the majority of people are feeling, is that, you know... You got, you know, corrupt authority figures abusing their power, and then they set the narrative, and then they try to make us fight amongst each other. Ain't that ain't that something different? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about this documentary, Bubba? Uh, Shut up, I, motorcycle. <laughs> um, so, I, I, I'm going to put it on my list uh, of documentaries to watch. Uh, it's It's on netflix about an hour and a half long um you know so anybody who has netflix which i think probably most of the world does it's one of the largest streaming services uh ever unless uh, they keep on jacking the price up <laughs> well there is that so yeah it's that too yeah but anyway uh so but yeah I, i'm gonna watch it i i i, I I think it's pretty interesting that, you know, it takes place 40 years after six people were convicted. Uh, and, you know, it, and, and how it says that it proves that confessions can't always be trusted. Uh, I mean, I watch enough uh, like Law and Order and stuff like that to know that when people confess, that doesn't 100% always mean they did the crime that they're confessing to. 
Right. You know, and, and yes, the fact I know, that they. I, I, go ahead. Sorry. I, I, yes, no, go I ahead. know Law and Order is just a TV show, but there's some truth based around what goes on in those episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, they did the whole thing about the retrial in 2013, and in 2017, they tried to do another retrial. Uh, with a whole bunch of Icelandic names that I really don't feel comfortable trying to pronounce, um, <laughs> but but it did say that in two it, it, uh, on September twenty seventh of two thousand eighteen, the Supreme Court acquitted all five men, but did not reverse Erla Bolo Dot Tears conviction. Um, so there's where that goes, and that's all I'm going to say on that subject before I. Uh, I uh, fuck around and end up uh, butchering more names, butchering more names. And on top of that, there might be people who want to watch a documentary. So I'll let you guys watch it at your discretion. Right. That being said, let's go to the only documentary on this list that I've actually seen. Um, Go ahead, Chip. All right. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about the documentary Biggie and Tupac. Uh, so obviously this documentary investigates the unsolved mystery of how two of the most famous rappers of the 90s lost their lives Uh, the feature heavily suggests uh, that their final moments were orchestrated by one man when Tupac Shakur lost his life in a drive-by in LA suspicions fell to his rival Biggie Smalls but just six months later, Biggie's life came to an end in an eerily similar way. Now, this documentary firmly points the finger at former Death Row Records producer Suge Knight. According to the theory, the producer colluded with the LAPD to take out Tupac and then went after Biggie to cover up the first crime. While the claims made in the documentary are debatable, the movie definitely makes for an interesting watch. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely interesting to watch. Um, now, now that being said, though, there is criticism with the documentary. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Broomfield's documentary is described by the New York Times as largely speculative and circumstantial. Um, uh, and it's basically, it's relying on flimsy evidence of failing to, um, present counter, uh, evidence or question sources. Um, and it, one person noted, it says Broomfield's interview subjects aren't the most, aren't the most credible of the bunch. Uh, they included bounty hunters and ex-cons, uh, Kevin Hackey, ex-LAPD officer, Russell Poole, who those, uh, whose theory Broomfield's film is built upon, um, who talks about mysterious documents that never turned up. Uh, Mark Hyland, known for uh, some reason as the bookkeeper, who is, who is in prison waiting trial on 37 counts of impersonating a lawyer when he tells uh, uh, Broomfield that he was present when uh, Knight and Crooked Cops arranged a hit on Biggie and Biggie's mother friends and bodyguards who obviously have no reason to rep- no reason to present Wallace as anything less than just a hip hop martyr 
Uh, moreover, the motive suggest, suggested for the murder of Biggie, as in the Russell Poole theory, uh, to decrease suspicion for the Tupac shooting six months earlier was the New York Times, uh, as what the New York Times phrased it as, unsupported in the film. Uh, so maybe there is a little bit of biasy when it comes to uh, Nick Broomfield's uh, interpretation of the film. Uh, yeah. Did you ever watch Biggie, Biggie, Biggie and Tupac? Uh, yeah, I've seen this one, and there's another movie. It's not a documentary, uh, but uh, it's it's another movie that that kind of well, I won't say kind of it it takes uh, not takes. I, I'm I'm losing my words right now. I'm sorry. Um, it it delves into the uh the biggie and tupac murders um that's a movie called city of lies featuring johnny depp and forrest whitaker yes Um, yes yes great johnny depp actually plays um russell pool and forrest whitaker plays jack jackson um so uh i i really thought that that was a good movie um and kind of a, a companion piece to the Biggie and Tupac documentary. Yeah. Uh, and Russell Poole um, has uh, since passed away. Uh, he died in August of 2015. Yes. Um, so he did, uh, he did, um, you know, to almost to his dying days, um, you know, worked on this day and night and day and night trying to find um the uh the uh the the truth behind biggie and tupac's murders um there was also a a documentary uh what was actually it was a 10-part series that originated on the usa network and it's also on netflix too if anybody wants to see it it was called unsolved tupac and biggie um, it was a uh, it was a crime docu series that took place again uh, on there. Um, Russell Poole, uh, Russell Poole was played by uh, James Simpson. Uh, Josh McDermott was also a movie uh, as Detective Greg uh, Kinnean. Um Bo Kim Woodbine, uh, many Bo- of y'all yeah, probably Bo remember. King. Yeah, Bo Kim. Most of y'all probably know him as uh, Can't Get Right from the movie Life. Um, you know which. That's where I first remember him from. Um, I mean, but he's, he plays, he's been uh, in a bunch of movies. Uh, never yeah, really yeah. the, never really been the star. But anytime I see him in a movie, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I know this is gonna be pretty good because he, uh, uh, I think he's a really good and underrated actor. I want to say the first time. I ever seen him uh, was in uh, Jason's lyric. Jason's lyric. Okay. Yeah. I think I, I think I remember. That. I don't. I don't. I, I don't remember that movie off the top of my head. The first one I remember him being in was the movie Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. Yeah. And then it 99. wasn't until yeah, and then it wasn't until later on in life that. I started like looking at all like oh he was in the big hit from ninety eight or he was also he was in the rock from ninety six like yo yeah, he, he was, was in Dead Presidents too like yeah. yeah you know Dead Presidents I thought was okay yeah that's that's a good that's a good one too he was also in three thousand miles from Graceland uh, he was in Ray 
he was in the movie Devil, which is a a mind fuck of a movie. If you ever watched the movie Devil, uh, he was in the Total Recall remake. Um, uh, his most latest film that's been released is uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Uh, and then he's got he's in a, he's in another movie called The Inspection that's in post production right now. Um, but he's done a lot of stuff on television and things of that nature. He uh, uh, he has a reoccurring role in um, uh, Wu Tang in a Wu Tang and American Saga series, and he also has a main casting role. He plays Saran, uh he plays uh, Saran O sixty six in the Halo uh, television series. So yeah, yeah, he does a really know. good job in that. Yeah, I still have yet to watch it. Um, I also don't have Paramount Plus either. So okay. This episode is just going to be, hey, what streaming services the talent not have? <laughs> yeah, right. But, but yeah, man. Um, uns- yeah, but Unsolved was a, was a really good one, and still to this day, I mean, I think we all have our theories on who we think killed Tupac and Biggie. Um, I have my theory on who I think did it. Um, it's weird because for me, in my opinion, I think the two are unrelated to each other. Like I really think that it, I really do think that Pox. I, I I genuinely believe that Suge Knight had something to do with Pox's death. Uh, Biggie's, I'm not 100 percent sure about it. Um, you have any theory on what you think? Uh, I mean, I I 100 percent believe that Suge had something to do with with Pox's murder. Um, and I think that I, I don't think they were unrelated. Uh. I think that um, somebody in Pac's crew was convinced that it was from the Biggie side that uh, had Pac killed and retaliated there. Um, okay. But, I mean, I, again, I could be wrong, but. Yeah. I mean, at this point, any suggestions of, you know, theory at this point you know what i mean because i mean there were so many different people who had came out with their own theories about it um but right you know that being said let's move on to the very next one of the day uh this next one is entitled brother's keeper from 1992 now there you you everybody knows that there's two sides to every story brother's keeper shows how these two competing narratives compete in a twisted story of the Ward brothers. After one of the four brothers allegedly took the life of another, the media descended on this small town. The family was portrayed as illiterate recluses. Meanwhile, their small community rallied around the brothers as as local heroes after they had previously ignored them. In one version of the story, Delbert Ward ended his sickly brother's life as an act of mercy. Another take on this tale has the police creating a scapegoat out of a man who couldn't read. By showing all the angles of the story, this documentary makes viewers consider each side as to as to what they choose to believe. The documentary makes viewers consider whose side they should take. Um haven't seen this movie um but from what i understand about the movie is that the movie is very very twisted very very dark in a sense um right 
have you heard of this documentary? Have you seen this documentary? Uh, I, I've heard of it, but I have not seen it. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking it up now. Let's uh, see. 92. American documentary. Yeah. Um, basically, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a documentary from 92. Uh, the film is about the alleged 1990 murder in the village of Munsville, New York. Uh, the film is the is in the direct cinema style of um, the the Malays brothers, Albert and David Malays. Uh, it says that the film contrasts two groups of society: the people from rural areas and the people from the larger cities. That whole thing about you know the Ward brothers, obviously, um, and it talked about Williams death in uh the story that william ward who had been ill for many years was found dead one morning and delbert was accused of killing him perhaps by smothering uh the prosecution's theory at trial was that delbert had performed a quote-unquote coup de gras mercy killing in order to put william out of his misery after a period of severe headaches and declining health as the film progresses, however, it is revealed that during the coroner's examination of William's body, semen was found on the cloth and on William's leg, leading to the suggestion that Delbert had killed William <coughs> in, an, in, an, in, in an episode of Sex Gone Bad. The film never followed up on this media sensation. Okay. All right, then. Yeah. I mean, a little bit of, you know, uh, are we talking incest here? I mean... Uh, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, it, and, and again, the Ward boys uh, in a, in you know, they were, in, it was, it was, they grew up in basically Ith uh, Utica in a rural farming community near Utica. Um, they lived in a dilapidated home. Uh, you had, um, you had Roscoe, who was the oldest. You had Liam, who was the second oldest, Jay, and then the uh, William Jay, when William is the third oldest, and uh, Delbert is the youngest. Um, and it says these men were barely literate, had no formal education, and farmed land that had been in their family for generations. Um, and it says that Delbert Ward was acquitted at trial largely because of the lack of physical evidence and that the New York State Police violated Delbert's rights to coerce a confession, which he later redacted. And by having him sign a written statement, which he could not understand due to his illiteracy. Huh. Yeah. Um, so, of course, as we know, William died at the hands of Delbert as many people would say, um, if it is factually true. Uh, Delbert himself passed away at the age of 67 at um, Bassett Hospital in Cooperstown, New York. Uh, then Roscoe passed away in 2007, in June of 2007, and then Liam, the final brother, died uh, in uh, 2007, August of 2007. Um it was not, it actually it was nominated for a grand jury prize for documentary at the Sundance Film Festival in the year uh, two, in, in uh, 1992. Uh, so after reading this synopsis, what uh, how you feel about this one? Uh, I, I think I'm more confused than I was beforehand. Um, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, 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 me, me too, in a, in, a, in, a, in a strange sense. Yeah. But, I mean, people, man. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it. Yeah, uh, I mean, so they found semen. Was it his brother's semen or not? Um, Was it his semen? Like, it, 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 it doesn't say. No, now, it doesn't say. Now, maybe, maybe in the documentary... Uh, I don't know if this is one that I would be interested in watching, but maybe in the documentary it tells that. Uh, but maybe yeah, I don't know. I uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't even want to even think about that one. That being said, let's move on to the very next one on the list. Go ahead, Bubba. Uh, I, well, hold on. I was going to say, it looks like this entire documentary, uh, you can watch it on YouTube for free. Uh, okay. No, I'm sorry. No, not that one. Uh, I was looking at a different documentary. I'm sorry. There you go. Uh, I was actually looking up the next documentary that we're going to talk about, Cropsy. Uh, yeah. Now, now Cropsy is an urban legend of a boogeyman-like figure called Cropsy. Uh, it once terrified children in the northeastern United States. According to the tale, a man who lived in the woods had a habit of abducting children. This legend horribly emerged into reality after several children disappeared in the 80s a previously convicted criminal named andre rand was arrested for the kidnapping but there was a number of mysteries surrounding the case cropsy ultimately asks if the people who accused rand were simply looking someone for someone to be a scapegoat or not it also investigates the narrative we invent to make ourselves feel safe now this you hmm. can watch directly on youtube for free no questions asked right yeah this was i now i had heard about this one i've heard about cropsy um and it was always like oh this is the boogeyman story you know um right. and then you hear about andre rand and uh Again, it talks about the leg, the 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 legend of the Cropsy, um, and ran with the allegations and also his convictions that took place. Um, man is still alive to this day. Um, he is in prison. Um, it says, uh, according to the uh, the Wikipedia page, it says in 1988, Andre Rand was charged with the kidnapping and first degree murder of Jennifer. Uh, Schweiger, I want to say that's how it's pronounced. Um, a Staten Island jury could not reach a verdict on the murder charge, but convinced Rand of the but convicted Rand of the first degree kidnapping charge. He was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison. He would be eligible for parole in the year 2008 if not convicted of a second of, of a second kidnapping. According to the documentary Cropsy, some people along the detective's speculation that Rand may have been involved with Satanism. And provided the children to be sacrificed. 
Uh, there were people also who thought that Rand was not alone in the commission of his crimes, and many believed that he was passing the children around to his friends in the underground network of homeless and mentally disabled people living in the tunnel system of the former Willowbrook School State School. Excuse me. In 2004, however, Rand was again brought to trial, this time charged with the kidnapping of Holly Ann Hughes 23 years earlier. Uh, there is no statute of limitations in New York City for first-degree kidnapping, which made this charge possible. A jury convicted Rand of the kidnapping in October of 2004, and he was sentenced to another consecutive 25 years to life in prison. He will be eligible. He will be eligible for parole in the year 2037, when he will be 93 years old. Damn. Yeah. That uh. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Um, according to yeah, and now, then according now, now my question is, is what if this man didn't do it, and now he spent all this time in prison, never eligible for for parole until he's ninety three years old? Like, right? How, how do you repay that? I don't think you can. There's no way to. Uh, uh, it says here that the Andre Reed's court case did not start until four years after the original incident in which one of the largest pretrial motions in New York State history, the culmination of the film, uh, Cropsy, uh, uh, occludes to, in, to indict Rand, which became the controversy. Um, it says, according to Rotten Tomato, which... You know, we always go to Rotten Tomato for all of our reviews. I think they do a great job of that. Uh, Cropsey holds an approval rating of 91% based on 44 reviews and an average of 7.2 out of 10. And the consensus reads that it's riveting and it's bone-chillingly creepy. Cropsey manages to be one of the best documentaries and one of the best horror movies of the year. Uh, Metacritic also rated it a 73 out of 100 of, uh, based on 14 critics. Uh, with generally favorable reviews. Film critic Roger Ebert uh, gave the film three out of four stars, writing that Cropsey is a creepy documentary with all the elements of a horror film about a demented serial killer with just the extra ingredient that this one happens to be real. Yeah. Because huh. it, it does sound like, it, it does sound like an urban legend. It sounds like, I mean... <laughs> Not to plug my own shit here, but it sounds like a fucking creepypasta, does it or does it not? I, I mean, it does. It really, really does, you know. Uh, which, by the way, everybody look out for the first episode of uh, Talon's Terror Time. It should be uh, out soon. Chip's Comic Corner is also going to be coming out very soon as well. Um, uh, don't know the, when your next episode is going to drop. The first video-only episode will drop this Friday, June you the 3rd. Yep, and I'm going to try to get my first uh, audio episode in this upcoming week. Um, I got all the time in the world. I'm probably, I'm probably going to do it tomorrow. I'll only have a six hour work day tomorrow. So I'll probably get home and knock that out before it gets too dark outside. Y'all know how I am about I don't know, being alone. That being said though. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, Cropsy does sound like one of those movies that, I mean, obviously it's very, very intriguing and it's something I definitely would want to take a look into. But the next one that we're going to talk about, the final one of the evening from the year 2012, is called The Imposter. 
um and we're not talking about uh we're not talking about uh among us when we say imposter we're talking about um <laughs> uh, so the synopsis of the whole thing is that changelings who can seamlessly become another person are supposed to be works of fiction however in the move in the documentary the imposter it describes someone who actually did this for real three years after nicholas barclay vanished from a san antonio suburb he appears apparent apparently appeared on the other side of the world he had different eye color he had a new accent and was much older than he should have been however None of that seemed to matter to Barclay's parents or the media. This documentary tells a twisted tale of how a serial imposter managed to trick the world. By inventing false narratives, he preyed on the hopes of the bereaved family, hoping to solve a very tragic mystery. Have you heard of the movie of the documentary Imposter? I, I have. I have heard of it, and... Um... I don't know it's it's really weird in theory uh now you can watch this on uh prime video through their um freebie service uh now freebie is what imdb used to be uh known as uh i don't know if you you've heard of that imdb had their own streaming oh, yeah. service and then they were bought by uh amazon and they changed the name to freebie um so yeah uh it's it's free to watch on there about an hour and 40 minutes um so i may give it a uh i may give it a a watch uh since it you know it is uh based in my home state of texas um but it's 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 really weird because it, it, the the synopsis on Amazon says you know it's a documentary centered on a young man in Spain who claims to be a grieving Texas family's sixteen uh, year old son who went missing three years earlier. So right, you know it's it, it, it's really weird that you have. Um, a, a, a gentleman from Spain claiming to be a kid from Texas. So, right. You know, um, you know and, and you know, his name is basic. His name is Frederick Bordin, uh, Um And it said, and he basically, it's the famous case of the 1997 case of a French uh, trickster called Frederick Bourdain who impersonated Nicholas Barclay, uh, who disappeared at the age of 13. Um, it says that uh, Bourdain, who turned out to have a very long record of impersonating various children, real or imaginary, uh, embellished his claim to be Nicholas Barclay by alleging that he had been kidnapped for purposes of sexual abuse by um, Mexican, uh, European, and U.S. military personnel and transported from the United States to the country of Spain. Uh, his impersonation fooled several officials in Spain and in the United States, and he was apparently uh, 
accepted by many of the Barclay family members, even though he was seven years older than Nicholas Barclay and spoke with a French accent and had brown eyes and dark uh, hair rather than Barclay's blue eyes and blonde hair. Um, the impersonation was eventually discovered as a result of suspicion of, of, of the suspicions of a private investigator, Charles Parker, and an FBI agent known as Nancy Fisher. Uh, Bourdain subsequently made a full confession, and in the film, he elaborated on the various stages of his impersonations. Um, la- uh, excuse me, Bart Layton, uh, who directed the film, said of Bart said of Bourdain. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Bourdain, that he invites sympathy. He has this childlike quality about him, and he can be very charming. And at other times, he can be quite repellent because he can be remorseless, and you're reminded of what he did. So as a filmmaker, I was asking, how can I find a way of getting to the audience the experience bit of get the audience to experience a bit of that um yeah it uh yeah very very strange um situation to which but after the whole thing happens you're still left with the question what happened to nicholas barclay you know what i mean like that's the question that everybody keeps on asking and that's the thing that we want to know what happened to nicholas barclay you know what i mean yeah, uh, you know it's 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 interesting, you know what what actually happened. Uh, where did this young man disappear to? Was he truly a, a changeling of sorts or whatnot? You know. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those. Uh, it's definitely one of those uh, situations where you're trying to figure out, okay what happened you know and is there anything we can do to prevent certain things like this from happening again you know what i mean right so that being said bubba out of all the ones that we've talked about tonight which one did you find the most interesting and which one are you like looking forward to watching now because there are several here that you you haven't seen and I haven't seen either, so we'll definitely see uh, which one. Which one would you want to see? Which one uh, are you, would you so want to check out? I, I definitely want to check out the Imposter. I want to check check out Cropsy. Uh, you know, um, Out of Thin Air is one I'd like to check out. Uh, I, I don't know if I have it in me to watch Missing Mom. Period. Nope. Uh, I'll just straight up say it. I'm not watching it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I have it in me to, to watch that at all. Uh, right. I want to check out The Fear of 13. Uh, something Wrong with Aunt Diane. Uh, I want to check out... Um, I want to check out The Life and Death of March of Peach. Pretty much all of them, except for Big and Tupac, because I've already seen it. And um, the uh, missing mom one. I just yeah. don't know that I have it in me for that. Oh, I, I could tell you, like I said, I could straight up tell you, I don't have it in me to do it. Um, it, it is, but like I said before, like all these documentaries are very, very interesting. 
and they take like there's certain like I found it, it's each and every single one of them it was something different um, killing Jimmy Hoffa was obviously about the disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa who was connected to uh, the Colombo crime family and things of that nature very very interesting how that works uh, the life and death of uh, Marsha P. Johnson you know and then her you know th- you know the, the, the belief that it wasn't uh suicide and that it was foul play and it's you know very reminiscent of like you know let's you know like she was a victim of discrimination and basically it's a hate crime basically and they're trying to figure out what happened there you know then you have you know something wrong with Aunt Diane and that was about like substance abuse and child neglect and things of that nature the fear the fear of 13 was about somebody being falsely imprisoned missing mom was you know trying to find a lost family member out of thin air which was about you know corruption in, in certain aspects and abuse of power by you know corrupt authority figures Biggie and Tupac about murder Brothers Keeper also about murder but also very the hills have eyes kind of you know um you know Cropsy about you know you know people getting kidnapped and obviously the, the imposter one was very very interesting because it, it came from us it came from a perspective of yo like <laughs> Very, very weird. Like, like, do you remember the movie The Sixth Day uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes. And how um, it was almost like, yo, know, a, a crime took a crime has taken place. A, a human being was cloned without them dying, or something like that. You know, you know, yeah. maybe maybe people thought that it was one of them situations. And I'm not trying to compare. I'm comparing apples to oranges here with that situation, but you know, it, maybe it's kind of in the same vein as that. You know. Well, kind of, sort of. But nevertheless, yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, um, thank you guys for tuning into this episode. We hope you really enjoyed us talking about these documentaries, and we got more documentaries to talk about. This isn't going to be the last bit of documentaries that we're going to talk about. Um, we got a lot of cool things we got coming up next. Um, anything you want? Oh, before we leave, uh, Chip, let's uh, let's shout out our sponsors real quick. Uh, <laughs> Well, well, of course, I was getting ready to get to that. Um, yep. I want to give a shout out to um, audible.com uh, for sponsoring us. Uh, go to audibletrial.com forward slash movement radio for 30 days free uh, for that service with uh, one free um, one free audio book there. You can check out, you know, audio books, comics, uh podcasts etc all for free through audible.com uh once again that's audible trial for or audibletrial.com forward slash movement radio um and we want to give a shout out to gear anime uh it's gearanime.com forward slash movement radio uh that really cool stuff uh if you like anime you like shoes you like uh ugly sweaters etc etc that's uh gearanime.com forward slash movement radio uh and and use the promo code move radio m-o-v-e-r-a-d-i-o to get free shipping within the united states absolutely and also one more quick shout out shout out to anchor the sponsor for also uh you know, we've been down with Anchor since the beginning. They've been really good to us, and we appreciate uh, all the uh, love and support that they've given us. Uh, that being said, Bubba, anything else you want to say before we bounce out here tonight? 
Uh, as always, check out movementradio.us. That is your one-stop shop for all things Movement Radio. Shout out to all of our friends in this endeavor with us. Sean Thompson with Thompson Personal Training. Jerry and Jennifer at the Chronic Conversations Podcast. Andrew and Sean at the Warrior Workout Network. Ivan Montanez, twitch.tv slash Demon. Sean Miller with Should I Watch That. All of our friends over at These Ninjas Podcasts. Our good friend Damon Smith with Cover 2 Sports. 25,000 downloads. I believe we are at 25,000. I know we were close. Uh, uh, yeah, we're over... 25,000 let me double check that number real quick here yeah but even though I mean 25,000 downloads it's it's an incredible thing that you guys have led us to this um you know like what we said you know we got a whole lot of cool things coming down the pike uh we we got done with our poll recently of uh our our uh, rock retrospective poll where you guys have voted on uh 1x by three days grace to be the next album that we review on the rock retrospective and we will try to get that done for you guys as soon as possible we got another poll coming out this upcoming week uh we're going to be doing the same thing uh for rap rewind now the next rap rewind that we're going to be discussing is going to be uh d12's album devil's night um is going to be the one is going to be the next one that we're going to do the next episode of battle topics is going to be all about the 2013 class um or the 2014 class is it 2013 or 2014 i can't remember off the top 2014. of my head which one it was 2014 there you go um we also have you know who you got coming back we talk wrestling uh something about sports is coming back again uh on the next actually on the next episode dropping this upcoming thursday we're going to be doing our mount rushmore of defensive players um we just dropped the offense of awesome offensive players this past thursday so this thursday we're going to be we're actually looking forward to doing something like that more evening with episodes coming up um check out the youtube channel with roger uh doing movement radio plays he's got a whole lot of uh he's got he's got good content up there uh hopefully we'll be joining him uh soon i got a couple of ideas for video game content that we want to do check out roger's review check out uh chip's comic book corner his first video is going to be dropping like we said on this friday um i'm going to be recording the first audio uh podcast of talents terror time this upcoming week and uh, it should be pretty good. And again, like what we always say, and we're going to continue to say this, thank you guys so much for everything you guys have helped us out with, you know, all the, sharing the sharing the stuff on the, on the fan pages and, you know, liking the posts, listening to us, downloads, 25, like what we said, 25,000 downloads is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. And you guys have been amazing. Um, I did hear something um, earlier today. And it said that, you know, you know, when people some a lot of times when people get on social media and they look at all the cool things that people are doing, they never really look at the struggle. You know what I mean? So if you're going through something right now and you think that you can't, you know, get through it, just remember that everybody struggles. The struggle is part of the process. Uh, and there have been times where we've struggled, especially with the podcast. There have been times that we've had to delay, and there's been times that we've had to postpone, and there have been things back and forth. But eventually, you know, when we, we, we get together, you know, we, we do this thing. And, you know, if it wasn't for you guys, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. You know, we, you know, I mean, we could do what we do, which, which that's just having a conversation. We have conversations all the time anyway. But for you guys to enjoy the conversations and for you guys to allow us to at least for an hour and 11 minutes that we that's the time as of right now that we've recorded this podcast you know 
we, we give you guys a break from the world. You know, we take you away from the negative energy. We take you away from the, uh, the hardships and the, and the, and the, uh, you know, the world as, as itself. And, you know, there's so much negativity in this world and there's so much hatred in this world that if we could bring any type of smile to y'all's faces, being entertaining you know like i mean that that that's a win for us in our book i'm not saying we can fix all the problems in the world but you know if we can make you forget about the problems at least for an hour or so then then i think that that's a good thing you know yes very much so you know so again thank you guys we love you guys we'll catch you guys on the flip side let's hit them with the outro please do not leave without leaving a like comment share and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel and subscribe. Click that bell to get notified of our latest videos. And once again, check out movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.